That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. Who are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. Oh, no. Music. We are just getting started. Finally, a podcast about things you actually care about. Hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Woo! Here's CM and BD. See, nowadays, there are some, of course, like, I was, I was mentioning that the, uh, the WandaVision has pumped up a few of the Avengers West Coast comics, right, that people not, might not be privy to. And some of those would have been in the dollar bin yeah. last year or whatever, or a few years ago. So if they haven't checked their bins in a while, then you find some good stuff in there. But um, when I go down to Nexus, they always smile when I bring up my stack because they know that I'm, I find the gold in there. And I take my time and I like it. My wife goes for coffee, grabs some, no, she doesn't go, she grabs coffee and goes to shop at some little cool stores on the main street of Kingston. Because Kingston is very friendly and very, uh, very clean and lots of cool shops, variety of shops. Uh, it's really awesome. I got to get down and go skating sometime. I, so I really enjoy Kingston. Define Green Zone though, because you mentioned that you were able to go out for din- uh, dinner with your parents but like so for instance here that's what we're gonna do you can go i went to the dentist today that was exciting uh you can go to you can go out you can grocery shop you can go mm-hmm. to a coffee shop um you can mask up and wear a and order a coffee and then sit beside 40 people with that one anyways we won't get into that so yes. then the whole the whole process but um are you allowed to have like people in your house or no it's just you can so. go to a restaurant and sit because you're only really allowed here to have people in your house ah, to your house really? ish it's kind of this weird zone of like you can go out and do all the things yeah. but you don't want you having a super bowl party or a wrestlemania party or a one division party you have right you know, well, see, I mean? the, you know the thing about me is i wouldn't do that anyway so it's, i don't even i don't know as long as i can like go to the comic book store and have a student in at a time I'm really good with that. And then I'm, I, we can go out for dinner. I know that, right? 50 people. 50 people indoors. 50 people indoors. 100 people outdoors. 100 people outdoors. 50 people indoors in an area with weights or exercise equipment. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, wait a minute. You guys can have 50 people in your house? And, if and we wanted to. Your province is a disaster. Okay, you know what makes sense though? Because um, I was on the Blundell show earlier today for a minute, and he was showing some video that while they're asking your fearless premier about what his plan was going to be, his plan was to go out and hand out, and I quote, Timmy cards to everybody so they can try the new egg sandwich at Tim Hortons. That was his plan. Wow, he must have got for Ontario. For so there That's you go. Crazy. Well, see, we're not the same as Toronto, right? Like here in Kingston, we're uh, in a different sector. They're still, they're still on lockdown there, as far as I know. Yeah, I just know Kingston's going to be. Yeah, yeah, I just know it's just Kingston. It's not, right. it's not Toronto. That's yeah, I'm not sure you know. On, we've been behaving here, and I think most of the uh, the university students who weren't behaving got got busted and shipped out because yeah, man, yeah. right off the bat. That's all you were hearing about and seeing these parties and you drive down downtown and you'd see them all out in the front yards with the red cups or lifting their weights and yeah. you know, 
lifting their weights. Oh, dude, that's the new thing, right? Is out lifting they, weights out front, right out front off the main street there, and they're in their. Get uh, this shit! I'm gonna get it. Yeah, yeah, that's what they. Yeah, that's yeah. what they were doing, man. That's what they were doing. Well, there's been like uh, I don't know. We're kind of in these various hybrid. Uh, these various hybrid kind of opening closing things out here. So it's very interesting, but um, man, I don't know. It's uh, theaters been, though, like theaters been, aren't going to be opening at anytime soon though. No, but interesting out oh, here. 50, sorry. Um, 50 people, 50 people can go at a time. Out here. Interestingly enough, um, a friend of mine, um, uh, Corinne Lee, who runs the Rio theater out here, who Kevin Smith and um, Ryan Reynolds are huge supporters of and, and helped with uh, kind of getting it back from, it was basically, you know, on its way out and they did a bunch of fundraising for it and theaters aren't allowed to open. So all of them have kind of uh, changed to sports bars. Oh, geez. so she's not allowed to show a movie with people separated in the theater, but she can actually bring 125 people into the place, serve beer and watch WrestleMania or wow. UFC. So I think this is where people are starting to get a little bit squirrely and nuts. Like yeah. they're kind of going, so what is it? What is, what is, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, are mm-hmm. we allowed to go, we can go sit in a sports bar and, you know, converse amongst a whole bunch of people, but we can't sit two rows behind someone and watch, you know, a new movie, which is why they're all going to HB, HBO max now, which is all, all the kids are packed in the school again too. Right. Our kids, have, my kids have been in school for a while. They're, they're also all year, but I know Ontario oh. shut down. My kids yeah. have been in school all year, but I know Ontario shut down, but uh, um, yeah, they just kind of, they take the kids that, that test positive for COVID and you never see them again. But other than that, things are uh, under control. <laughs> I like the Simpsons, right? What happened? Yeah. I don't know. Just That's awesome. Move them down the corner there to that other room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just have one person in at a time here for my in-house students now. Yeah. Um, the, I don't let I don't let the parents come in anymore. I just like one at a time. Plus, it keeps the neighborhood here not worrying. If you see like a whole bunch of people coming in out of your house right now, I don't want to freak anybody out, you know. So I just keep it, and I have a fifteen buffer zone, fifteen minute buffer zone between the students here at the house. Yeah, uh, online doesn't matter, but uh, yeah. Still has got the kids coming back again. Mm-hmm. So it's good. We Which is teach, good. Uh, yeah. Teaching the rock and you roll. You don't have to and- put some PPE on. You don't have to teach guitar with a face mask and the whole thing. Well, no, I have to wear the mask. Just, yeah. yeah I got to wear the mask when, when the kids come. That's just polite right now. Until, I should, until send the- you, should send you some PPE so you can be like those guys from ET. Oh, yeah. The great big suit. That would be really cool. <laughs> That'd be good for drawing. They could draw me like that, right? Also in the uh, in Back to the Future, didn't Marty dressed up like one? Oh yeah, with the, the Eddie Van Halen tape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wicked. Oh yeah, that's funny. I was behind a guy in a huge pickup truck today, and he was kind of ticking me off until uh, in his windows. He had this huge classic Van Halen thing in these. It was just he had this great big Van Halen thing in his back window. And until you know, sometimes when you're behind a great big pickup truck, you're kind of like, ah, oh, that's great, that's great. Um, <laughs> Well, you can't see around them or anything. And it's like, we're in the city. What are you doing with, what are you doing with a great big truck? It doesn't make sense. But then I saw the Van Halen thing and I was all good with it. That was my Van Halen makes everything right. That's why when I do our posts That's about what, what we're say. doing, I always post some kind of Van Halen song make- with it just to make everybody feel better because everyone feels better. I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, Ray, who played with Dave, uh, we call him Dave. He's our friend, Dave Roth, you know? Yes, of course. DLR man, yeah. and uh, he told a great story, and I can't wait to get Ray back on to tell more stories. So, and I want his um, kids to come back on and have another. We need another round of that uh, mm. Spider-Man battle. We got to know what's coming though, so that we can kind of prep it up. That was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So today, uh, a few things going on. Um, 
it's you and I running the running table today. Uh, we're going to bring our friend Mark Garnis on, who's in the waiting room, kind of hanging out. Um, yeah. uh, works with the Kingston uh, Canadian Film Festival, um, talking about their program. You've got something coming up there. Um, I do. I do. I have a comic book workshop program. And this yeah. is the cool thing about it. It's through Zoom. Your kids or you, mm-hmm. your, your yourself, you yourself, can take it uh can can take this uh, workshop anywhere around the world basically i guess well i don't know where zoom is i don't think it'd be in like north korea or anything right but uh he's coming in now he's gonna tell us all about it so yeah so uh, so you can sign up for that i think it's like 20 bucks or something like that and i'll go on for hours because i do for uh 99.99 we'll throw in a mug there you you go because they're only 79.99 now those this, mugs this is the only quick. look at the size of the thing it's like you know it, yeah it's good it's, that, that's a lot it's of just like a, this is you know you could i mean that's a full beer can i fit in there okay. whatever that is oh yeah okay it was long, oh, it was a smaller one right yeah yeah the normal buddy, size i guess uh, kind of standing by uh below there on the yeah. tech side we'll see what he's how he's doing there what but, mark uh, yeah, he's still waiting to get on. But this is the Kids on the Escalator uh, weekly podcast. It is, yeah, it is. That is Chris Machete. I am uh, Brent from the Brenton on Tour podcast. Uh, now Journey for Java, the podcast. Uh, Kids on the Escalator podcast. What else and if, you're, if, if you well, if you checked out our channel last night, man, like a thousand people did. Mm-hmm. I did my guitar lessons. And man, that was that was kick. Thanks, everybody. I got to say, man, the love you guys are showing me on there is really, really cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It was my third one, Lonnie third episode yeah over a thousand viewers thank you very much thank you very much folks i put mark back in the waiting room until he's smart he's grounded mark you're grounded until you figure this out he'll get there you know know, well i don't do we have enough time to talk about what's wrong with your vancouver canucks well mark is a hockey fan right i know we can talk we talk about the the the, the vancouver canucks i mean listen (sighs) i'm a leaf fan First and foremost, so I cheer Leafs against the Canucks all the time. So, hey, they routed them. But, man, you know, the rest of the time when I'm not getting Leaf coverage out here, it's Canuck coverage. And so I wanted to have some kind of encouraging sign out of that series that maybe mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to lose all three. Maybe they would lose two with like an OT split or something, but not get routed. And uh, it is just plainly obvious that the off-season moves that this uh, team attempted so, to do. What did, what did they do there? Sorry. What what, uh, what did they do? Yeah. They got like rid I, of everybody. <laughs> Anyone that they couldn't afford. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Oh, hey. We don't see you, but we hear we just, you. Yeah, we can't oh, okay. see you. Oh, wait. One second here, guys. <laughs> Hit that I'm video on. on, I'm on yeah, hold on. I'm just on my uh, at-home computer here. There's cats uh, everywhere. Just like We'd just like to point out for the record that... Yes, Nobody can Mark see. Mark Garnis with the Kingston, you know, Canadian Film Festival, Indie um, Independent Film Festival. There you go. The can't biggest. figure out his video. No, so, uh, <laughs> the biggest film festival in Canada. God damn it, Zoom, Here. Zoom around. You know, you can and, probably see me now, right? No, I can't see you. No? Oh. no, we can't see you at all. We got your name. Yeah. Hello to everybody watching from home on the uh, internet and all the things. Yeah. If you've tuned in tonight, thank you very much. Um, you know, it's uh, we appreciate you coming by, hanging out, tuning in weekly, you know, yeah. all the regular gonna, group. We're still going to mm-hmm. talk about some hockey here, some NHL, because NHL's back yeah, yeah. for most of the places. Oh, we're yeah. still going to talk about Quentin Tarantino movies. That's right. There. Oh, my gosh. We can kind of see oh. them. We can I don't know what of, it is. Hi. Hey, There's buddy. Mark. Hey, Mark. It's Mark. Hi. 
I'm in transit here. He wasn't there. Right. I guess he he didn't get our HD memo. <laughs> but anyways, hey buddy, what's happening? Hey guys, you were, on, you were on one of our very first shows. Yes, I was. That was uh, what was that like Halloween or that was I don't three know. years it's ago? A blur. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a while ago. We have mil- now we have millions of viewers, so the pressure's on. I was 19. Yeah, we were all young back then. I was I wasn't allowed to drink then. Now I am. What's up, buddy? How you doing, Hi guys? This yeah. is Mark Garnis. Uh, everything. You tell us who you are. Tell us who you are. Who am I? Okay, well, you guys know me from uh, from music. I used to play in a band, I Hate Sally, and that's when Woo! I met you guys back in the day through music. But uh, I think I have been invited on the show um, um, through my job with the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. I'm the festival director there. So, yes, I am both those things. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Yes, it's excellent to have you here in the Kingston uh, Film Festival. It, sorry, let me make sure I don't make that mistake because I Twittered out to Kingston, Jamaica today. Uh, oh yeah, I know, right? <laughs> which right. they haven't updated their Twitter account since 2016. So <laughs> if you guys are going there, they may be having a festival, but not yeah. in two weeks. I think when you sent me that, I was literally on <laughs> Twitter sending messages out like probably my third or fourth one of the day. And you're like, uh, you haven't uh, sent a tweet since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know what you found, but yeah, I found the King. Well, anyways, it's out there. So if we ever go to Kingston, Jamaica, don't don't know we're coming. What's the proper uh, name for your handle or name for the festival? It's uh, King Can Film Fest. So there we go. Diener from Fubar, he he remembers it due to the the King Can, like the King Can of beer. Of so beer. He, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he really liked that. So the King Can Film Fest, mm-hmm. and it's all where, hey, wherever you go, that's what we are on. Mark, you know what your mic sounds like right now? Every time you grab your twitching, <laughs> it sounds like this. Oh no! Well, here's the thing: I don't have a mic. No, yeah, it's right there. It's on. <laughs> it's on your. It's on the deal. It's on right the there. headphones there. Right there. That's your mic. It's good. It sounds good. Do you, you know? know? Yeah. No, yeah. That's what it's right there on your side there. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, the little squarey thing. You were touching it, and we were like, oh, this, this-, this is where we were. Mommy's laughing at you over here, Mark. She's the producer of the show, right? <laughs> she actually is. She's, she's laughing at you here. If you I can't do- bust their balls, Lonnie, they Lonnie can't says hi, Mark. Says, I do have a Lonnie mic. I don't, think, I, I don't think my mic's as good as Brent's, though. I do, I do have a, a mic in my office, but that mic that you have there, Brent, looks pretty awesome. This dude, blue, you, blue dude this one here, yeah. this was, this was, remember me telling you the story of this one, Mark? Yeah. This was used uh, in a recording of, uh, not this actual mic, but that style was used in a recording for a Megadeth album. Remember I was telling oh, you guys yeah. that, but it was a symbol or something for way off in the room, but... <laughs> I feel like every- our friends at uh, Blue Microphones have sent people from the network on uh, the Blundell network uh, these for being a part of the network and these. So, hey, you know, oh, guys, cool. try to sound good and do the thing because people just won't listen if you don't. That's from a jam room. That's all right. Right now. Um, so, the, the film festival begins shortly, and, uh, you know, we'd like to support local here as much as we can. Um, and uh, you're a friend of ours forever and ever and ever, like mm-hmm. a brother from another mother. And we, Love what you're doing over there. So tell us all about what's coming up, my friend. Yeah, so it's coming up pretty soon. Um, so we're like most festivals, we're doing the digital thing this year. Um, for a while, we didn't really have a, a choice. Um, I think I think theaters are actually going to start opening up in Kingston again this week. But anyways, that's uh, that's a little too late. We're 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 committed to the digital festival this year. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of like relearning. This is my, I think this is my ninth, maybe even ninth festival. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you get good at running things a certain way. And uh, so we've had to relearn everything this year. And, um, but I think it's going to be pretty good. Like we've already sold tickets to people like living way out your way on the West coast and, wow. um, and, and people down in the States as well. So I think we're going to, I mean, as far as just expanding our footprint, I think it's going to be an interesting festival just to see who attends. Right. Like it's, mm. it's, we're in the, we're in, we're in March in the Canadian winter. So in a normal year, um, you know, as much as we do, do draw some people from out of town, it's, um, fairly limited to people that want to come downtown Kingston. So, you know, all of a sudden now anybody can check out the festival, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, we're doing, but we're doing what we've always done. We're, we have, um, I think we have close to 30 films that we're showing this year and they're all new Canadian releases. A lot of stuff that people wouldn't normally see, you know, going out to the landmark or Cineplex Odeon or any of the big, big chain theaters. There are a lot, uh, you know, the rad, the rad movies, but a lot of them just seem to seem to be underseen. Um, I think the, the stat that everybody in the Canadian film world always goes back to is something like 3% of our box office is actually spent on Canadian film. So it's um, a lot of stuff that, you know, might come to Netflix or crave, but it might not a lot of stuff that just never, never gets shown. So the one nice thing about the festival that people tell us is it's often the only time they get to see these movies. Yeah. I would yeah, imagine so. there's a stigma amongst Can a lot of Canadian films for a long time. Right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know? I, I think not even going back that far, like kind of 15, 20 years ago, I just sort of had the, uh, the stigma as being sort of that Sunday afternoon, um, TV drama, you know, it's just like really, uh, way too try hard acting and, and kind of low budget, sort of almost like those heritage minutes, except extended out over right. two hours. Right, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> Uh, you still get the odd one like that, but like on the whole, like the films are really good. Like, good. Like, I mean, I could name a handful that we have this year that have played festivals over in Europe, but like, you know, can and, and prestigious film festivals and nominated and in, in winning awards. But yeah, it's just one of those things here. We're so used to, I think, to the big Hollywood films. And when you look at the lineups too, that are going to Cineplex and Landmark, it does seem to be a lot of the same stuff, right? It's not like they're mm -hmm. cur curating their own programs there. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm sure if it's playing the Landmark and out West where you are, Brent, it's probably playing the Landmark in Kingston too, right? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty universal. It's pretty cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah. You know? A double double, unfortunately, is the same everywhere. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it's um, it's fun. It's it's uh, it's a, a good festival to attend in person. But hopefully, people get the same thing from it this year, uh, attending from home too. You know, I think everybody feels like they could use a little break from their regular routine of watching Netflix or Crave or whatever they're watching on a regular basis right now. I feel like it's a good time to kind of throw a curveball at people. I'm just watching hockey right now. So I'm ready for some, uh, ready for some movies. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to chat hockey in a bit, but we got to make sure we talk about the film festival enough here. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause we're going to get on a tangent on something here. I can feel it. We're just dying to talk about hockey. Let, yeah. Let's focus. <laughs> let's focus. So um, you mentioned you had some uh, younger filmmakers in there, maybe the youngest you've ever had. Right. So we've always had a, a youth uh, short film program. I think like 
you know, you usually when you're a kid, you're not making a feature film. You're maybe making a, a five minute short film for your film and media course or, uh, you know, just a hobby on the, on the side, but we actually have a film this year. It's called how to fix radios. And it's by, um, I don't know, Chris, you might, do you know, or Brent, you might know, um, Mississippi Grover from. Oh Kingston. yeah. 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 It's, it's his son actually stars in it. You're kidding and, me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually just found, yeah, I just found out this myself. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. So he, the, the filmmaker's name's Casper Leonard and Emily Russell. They've both had short films, uh, uh, in our youth short film program in the past, mm-hmm. but, uh, Mississippi Grover's kid, um, what's his name? Dimitri, I think he's the star. Wow. He's the star of the film. But anyways, the, the neat thing about this is it's the first, um, feature film that we've shown by kids before, like they're, they're 16, 17 years old. So nice. Cool. And they shot it all during the, um, the pandemic and, mm-hmm. uh, um, just in areas around Kingston and it, and it's cool. You know, they've, as you can imagine, did it on very little budget, but they've, uh, mm-hmm. they've put a cool little story together. So, um, what's the criteria Mark for it's for, um, I want to dumb this down for a minute. I love doing the dumb down, but, um, uh-huh. someone that's like a budding filmmaker. Right. And I know like iPhone and all these, these companies are really pushing like, Hey, you can make movies on your phone now and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. What's the minimum criteria to get into a film festival? Like yours uh, is yours pretty common amongst all of the film festivals or is it, is it you, you know, you offer more, you know, like a different take on things or is everyone's criteria to get into these film festivals the same? Can you do it on a phone or what are, what are the minimums to make this happen? I feel like that rule got thrown out the window when I don't know if this film won an Oscar or not, but it, uh, it, uh, it wasn't Flo- tangerine. I think it was called, uh, do you remember that film from 20, I'm pretty up on it, or 16? So. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said Florida project, but it wasn't Florida project. It was like a year or two before that. Uh, I think it was called tangerine. Um, it was shot entirely on a, on a cell phone and you wouldn't have known it unless they, they kind of led with that foot a bit in the marketing. Sure. It looked great. And it, it won awards. I don't think it won an Oscar, but I feel like it was nominated for something. Best, <laughs> best cinematography. Do you and, remember uh, when we were in CDs, like in the indie CDs, us, and you had to, you know, have the maple, right? You had to have made in Canada, like to yeah, qualify right. for SoCan or, right. or any of these, um, sorry, uh, any of these grants or anything that was factor and stuff like that, that were going on, you had to have certain criteria in order to qualify, had to be produced, had to be manufactured in Canada. The same thing with film is that like, you know, that's great that you made this on your cell phone, but you farmed it out to an American post editing software company. So it disqualifies you, or is it really just the wild west when it comes to like make a film, submit it and you're in, or do you have to follow some rules in Canada, especially for that? Like, so for, so for our festival specifically, we, um, like we're an all Canadian film festival. That's probably the first thing that I should have said that makes us unique among other festivals. Um, but yeah, so for, and within the industry, um, there's different definitions as to what constitutes a Canadian film, like that film Brooklyn. I don't know if you remember that from two, three years ago, Mm -hmm. was considered a Canadian film by many. Um, and that's just, it had some Canadian money in it. I think the producers were Canadian, but it was shot in the States and in Ireland. And the, 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 the director was, was Irish as well. So for, for us, that wasn't Canadian enough. We, we basically, we, we keep it pretty simple. It's where the, the, 
um, the directors and the storytellers and the writers are from. So more the creative team. So if the creative team is Canadian, we'll consider it a Canadian film more so than where the money's coming from. So, you know, if, yeah, if you like this film, Tangerine, you know, shot it on your cell phone and, and a big American company swooped in to help you finance it, we would still consider it a Canadian film if the, the creative team behind it, um, was Canadian. So that's kind of our criteria. As far as anything technical though, like I would say it would be very unusual for us to take a film. I can't even think of if we've taken one that was shot on a cell phone, probably some of the short films that we have, maybe like in our, um, we have a category just for local filmmakers. So I think we've certainly taken a few uh, that would have been shot on cell phones in that category. But as far as our features go, I don't, I don't think we've accepted anything like that, but I mean, we would, if it was the the right film. Um, in Canadian film, I think the budget's a little bit lower than it might be for a lot of the films that you'd see coming out of the States. But, uh, you know, we still have, like, just because they're Canadian films, we still have, like, Hollywood uh, names in some of the, uh, in some of the titles that we're showing. So, um, there's still, there's still money in some of these, uh, bigger films, uh, Sigourney Weavers in one film that we're showing this year called, uh, My Salinger Year. And then, uh, I'm just death of a ladies man is another one that we're showing that has Gabrielle Byrne in it. So mm-hmm. Jessica Perret, Brian Gleason. So there's some, uh, there's some, there's some money in some of these films too. And, you know, some of them are winning Oscars. Sometimes it's somebody making their first film. So I'd say it's, we're the only thing that really sets us apart from, uh, most other film festivals would be the fact that we're just taking Canadian films, but, um, nice. Yeah. I'm disappointed that you didn't say Sigourney Weaver was starring in Alien 12 oh, wow. <laughs> on Ghostbusters 3. Canadian version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on that side of it. Uh, awesome, man. You've been doing this for a while, eh? Yeah, I was trying to figure hey. out if this was 9 or 10. Last year kind of didn't count. I don't know if I brought this up last time when we uh, when I was on the podcast, but we got like a, a day of the festival in last year. So the, I don't know what day the pandemic officially hit out west, Brent, but it officially March. hit... The 14th, the day I landed and got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you remember, (laughs) I remember it was day two of our film festival. So it was March 12th when it hit Kingston and it was uh, just one, one guest after another was, was kind of like seeing airline flights just get canceled. All all the guests were just like, no, we're not showing up. Bedouin sound clash got here and uh, their tour manager said he had one hand on the trailer ready to open it when he got a call from the band's management and said, no, turn around, you're coming back to Toronto. So I think that was sort of the nail in the coffin for us. All the, all the directors had canceled by about that time, but when Bedouin, um, they were coming to play at the music video thing that we were doing. And, uh, you know, we were, we were paying them their fee to come do that. And, uh, we'd sold a ton of tickets. And I think when they canceled, we're just like, this can't go on any longer. So that was day two on the Thursday. And Mm -hmm. I think if we had, I think we maybe could have got the Friday in, but uh, Saturday Kingston was kind of, I think some new rules had come in by Saturday, like crowds of a certain size could only gather. And then by Monday, things were pretty locked down. So we, yeah. if, if we had have scrapped our way through the weekend, probably would have got fired, you know? So Yeah. And people are pretty freaked out off the beginning too, right? Nobody knows what For to sure. expect here. Yeah. So. yeah. So anyways, uh, I don't know if last year counted as a, that was a really long way of answering your question, Brent. I think I've got nine festivals in because last year I don't think counted. Yeah. Cool. That's great. Wow. 
It's going to be a unique one though, but people can find it online. And so yeah. when they buy it, they kind of walk, walk us through like t- to be part of the festival. Yep. You know, how are, how do people go about doing that? Yeah. So you can go to our website. It's just uh, kingcanfilmfest.com and you have the option of purchasing tickets or a pass. So there's really no, in a regular year, if you were to buy a pass, you get things like, you know, free beer and parties and some of that side of the festival this year, you just get a discount. Um, but yeah, you can buy tickets or a pass. And, um, the way it works is every film does have a premiere during the festival. So we encourage you to watch the premiere because that means you can take part in the Q and a with the filmmaker at the end. So that that's the part of the festival that will be in real time. The, the, uh, filmmakers, uh, zooming in for Q and A's and, um, the platform we're using, um, you can type your questions in and we'll have a moderator to, to, convey those questions to the filmmaker. So mm-hmm. that'll all, all still be done in real time. You know, somebody in a regular year that would maybe be nervous to put their hand up in the theater to ask a question. You can get on there and ask your yeah. favorite director, whatever you want. So that's, that's a, that's a cool part of the mm. um, festival this year. And then if you don't care about catching that live um, after the premiere, it'll stay on our streaming site for the remainder of the festival. And you can just watch it on demand with the pre the pre-recorded Q and a. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So it's, um, uh, yeah, we, How much are tickets, Mark? How much are tickets? Well, it should be the first thing I know. Uh, they're twelve dollars, twelve dollars plus fees. So, like you know, fourteen bucks ish. And then if for you the can, festival or for per film, per film, yeah. Per film. And the, yeah. the more you buy, so if we we have the uh, six, nine, and a twelve pass. Those are kind of like the beer increments. No, not the nine. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, they're a little bit cheaper per film if you get a pass. And, and we're not discouraging people, um, now that we're kind of moving out of lockdown, you know, if you're in the same social bubble with people, um, you can watch that film together. We're not suggesting that it needs to be $12 for each person. It's, it's $12 per household. So that's good. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have some marketing with that too. You can have some marketing fun with that too. Now it's kind of like, you know, there's watch parties, like the thousands of people watching tonight, uh, you know, they can have watch parties for the uh, thing or like what Chris does on Friday nights with the, over at Twitch, you know, where you can sure, uh, tune yeah. in and, and watch a, watch a flick, which I think is pretty cool. So there's lots yeah. of ways to kind of add some fun to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Steam whistles like our beer sponsor and they're, they're, they're doing like home delivery. And so, yeah, there's what a few of our restaurants that are doing up some menu items special mm. festival too. So people like that, like that side of the festival, they can have, have those things delivered to their front door. So yeah, I think it's, uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. It's a little bit different for us from the organization organizational side. So it's, uh, if it's, if it's a, a success, we might keep it going next year in some capacity with the in-person mm-hmm. thing, you know, so it's maybe not just a one year thing. We'll, we'll have mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. But Chris has a, um, a, a workshop that he's doing during I the festival as well. Comic book workshop, man. You, yeah. Anybody can sign. We were, we were mentioning that okay. except maybe like North Korea or something, right? Where you don't get the <laughs> internet. But yeah, any, you guys can all sign up for it. And I will teach uh, limited spaces though. So make sure you get in there. But you just go to the website that you have, right, Mark? What is yep. the website? Yeah, it's kingcanfilmfest.com. And we have all the workshops just on a page underneath all, all our films. Actually, there's a dedicated workshops page too. But it, yeah, it's on there. It's got some information about uh, 
Chris's bio and yes. uh, all, all that important stuff. Yeah. yeah so I'm going to teach you uh, some comic book uh, art. We're going to go through a whole cover and as much as I can do in the time spot. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put some links up after, of course, for the film festival. And I'll put one directly on my Chris Machete one uh, to get to the workshop so that if anybody does want to take the workshop, um, you, I'll just give you, so you click the button and you go right there. We'll put up some links for you, friends. Okay. So sign up, do some comic book art with me and make sure you check out the other movies at the film festival. There's lots of cool stuff. I remember, uh, not last year, the year before we went down and I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was a suspense movie. Uh, it's kind of a scary one, not blood and guts, but more kind of like, uh, like a Stephen King kind of suspense. And it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And the, the the theater that we thought we saw it in, uh, really added some ambiance to it too. Um, what's that theater that I went to? I'm still new here. Oh, it's the screening room, but what, they actually have the shining carpet in their one theater. I don't know if it was that uh, they have three theaters, but they've decked right. out their one theater with the shining carpet, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So throwback the whole, the whole thing about it, right? Like the little, little, the smaller theater. And I had a really good time. The vibe there is really, really cool. Everybody's very friendly. So I could imagine like all the stuff you get to choose from online would be really, really uh, like not lots of little niches that people can, can get for their movies. Right, Mark, like lots of little totally. itches to scratch. What are the different kinds of movies that do you have in there for people? Oh, I mean, we have everything. I'd say we're a little light on um, on like horror films this year. We do have, I think we only have one. Um, it, admittedly, they're not the most popular ones at the festival. We usually show them in, in the smaller theaters right. and they'll sell out the small rooms. But, mm-hmm. um, and just while I'm on the topic of that, you guys probably remember that band, A Dying Race, oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, geez, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. their their singer Terry now he's um he's writing music for uh, film, so he actually helped make the soundtrack for that the horror film that we're showing this year. It's called Bloodthirsty. Really? Thirsty. Yeah, well, just good a, for him. Yeah, just a little. Uh, Didn't the drummer for that band? Didn't he play Man. drums for Slaves for a while? He did. Yes. Yeah. Wow. We're all, yeah. we're all connected. Yeah. That's so oh, cool. That's, that's right. Too. I remember that now. Wow. But uh, do, We have uh, some docu like doc. We always have really good documentaries yeah. at the festival. Um, we're showing mouth Cong the world premiere of mouth Congress, which is by Scott Thompson from kids in the hall. Yay. Yeah. And it's about his punk band before he was in kids. Oh, in the hall. right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that'll, that I'm excited for that one. It's getting yeah. its um, world premiere. So that should be pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And then just, I don't know, like dramas and everything we got, we even got some um, family friendly stuff too. So if you like want to watch with the kids, there's, there's a few in there that are definitely. Uh, are are any of the actors making appearances on the zoom? Like, you know, Sigourney doing a zoom chat with people that pay up or, you know, as part of the ticket or, or Gleason or anybody like that. We actually got di- the directors from all the films. So awesome. you, usually our strategy, I mean, obviously, if Sigourney Weaver wanted to attend, we'd say yes. But usually sure. when we're, we're going through the films, <clears throat> we tend to ask the directors first. And then if the directors can't do it, then we're like, okay, should we get cast? Or should we get like a, you know, a producer or a cinematographer or somebody else? But um, it's been not, no, no great surprise. It's been so easy getting guests this year. Knowing that they don't have to like, don't have to get in a train or drive over here or, or in a plane and, uh, and um, hotels and all that stuff. So I think within a day of asking most of them, they were, they had gotten back to us saying, yeah, yeah I'm in. So I think every film we have literally has a Q and a with the director. So um, yeah, I don't think, it, I don't think there's any cast. Um, I mean, Scott Thompson, is in that film and he's also sure. the director. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have, we have Scott on, on that Q and a, which will be kind of cool. Yeah. And then, awesome. uh, yeah. So I think that that's going to be, you know, I think a big part of the festival is tuning into those live 
Q and A's and definitely and seeing that side of it, just feeling like you're a part of something. Like I think watching it on demand is is great too. But mm-hmm. just sometimes, you know, even like when we're watching another uh, hockey reference here, when we're watching hockey games together mm-hmm. and like texting each other and mm-hmm. keeping in touch, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. just that that live feel to it is a little more special than you know nice. if you're if you're watching the rerun of the game and I've already seen it. Right. One last thing, one last thing on it, Mark. Uh, the the um, the ticket that you buy for for the film does that get you access into the Zoom with the director, or you need yeah, to pay, you need to pay up to to move into the Zoom? No, and no, it's all included in the ticket price. And Great. when you so when you're in the platform and you hit play, um, it's just it's the one click, and then we got our trailers and commercials that play at the start, just like as if it would when you're at the actual festival in person the movie starts and then at the end of it the q a actually comes on your screen too so you don't need to click buttons or move around or anything oh, wow. it's all, so yeah they, it's all they don't they don't need to download a program to run this or anything you no, can just no. go yeah it's, it's it's a it's a it's a platform called eventive and they've mm-hmm. um i think ever since the pandemic they've really gone hard at getting this site right so fortunately for nice. us like a thousand other film festivals have used it before us all around the world. So it's, I think they've kind of ironed out any, any kinks they would have ever had. And it seems to be pretty smooth. Yeah. So we're pretty happy with it. Yeah. Great. Sounds really good. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I will, uh, I'll send you guys passes. Yeah. I'm stoked. I'm stoked to do the uh, workshop on there too, man. I always love doing doing, being a part of it and doing that kind of thing. Yeah. So is there anything else you need to add about the workshop or the, sorry, (laughs) I mean the the film (laughs) festival, my friend. No, uh, tickets are on sale now. And so you can, you can, you know, just go to our website and we'll, we'll and put buy, the link up yep. now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to uh, promote it over the next couple of weeks. And then on, cool. uh, the 23rd of February, uh, on our live broadcast, um, we're going to give away a pass. Yeah, okay. there you go. Cool. Thanks guys. We're going to give away. Oh yeah. Oh, are you kidding? That's great. God, thanks for supplying us something to give away. Yeah, so man. we're not sure what question we're going to ask or what we're going to do to give that away. Well, you're going to, I mean, there's going to be some tweeting, retweeting, tagging. There's going to be oh, a sure, bunch of shit. You'd be in control gonna, of that you're gonna one. You're going to have to do that Trivia one. and tagging yeah. maybe, yeah. There's going to be a whole bunch of things. I yep. think a really good way to really garner some interest in this is to make everybody go back and listen to the last 16 episodes of Kids on the Escalator podcast. Wow, yeah. And then we're going to, it's going to be like trivia time. <laughs> when, in what episode did we ask this question? Oh, yikes. Drive make them sure, up. Make, make sure we can get a winner, right? That's right. Wicked, Mark. We'll uh, post all the stuff and we'll yeah. get, you, uh, we'll get cool. to everybody over to there. Thanks um, for an awesome thing. And so buy tickets to Chris's uh, workshop. Yep. We'll put links up for everything. I'm going to pump it and pimp it. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll. How much is it, Chris? 20? Online. 20 bucks? 20 bucks, Mark? Yeah, I think we have it as 20. And cool. like we sold out like two of them last time, didn't we, Chris? Or like or, or we just yeah. did one, oh, but we, com- we combined like two classes into one. Yeah. The one I did on the yeah, comp, at Nexus the, Comics was so big. It was yeah, awesome. The demand exceeded the supply. I remember. It was great. I yeah, love that. Good. I do. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And for this simple upcharge of $50, you'll also get this really great mug. <laughs> that mug that. keeps coming into play. That's, great. That's a good one. But uh, Mark, it's hockey. time for us to move on to hockey. And we got Tarantino to cover. We got a few things to cover. But yeah. um, Chris and I were starting to discuss the league. Well, yeah, before I was asking Mark, I was asking Brent what was wrong with his Vancouver Canucks because I've seen too much of them in the last three games with the Leafs and the Leafs have just, they didn't even deserve the win the Leafs did last game, but they still. Yeah, they couldn't help but win. Yeah, they tried tried not to. It seemed uh, like it was like, we got to give Vancouver a chance here. 
Yeah, I don't know. Didn't uh, Vancouver go further than all the other Canadian teams last year? I hey, listen, think they did. so Chris was asking me about the, the problem with the Canucks. So uh, and the issue was basically they were the best. And actually, I still think they they had a really good shot of last year of making the final of the, of the Stanley Cup final. They were really mm-hmm. great. Um, defense, 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 mm-hmm. breakdown, all their guys are underperforming. I mean, Hughes is still performing. Uh, Besser stepped up. Horvat, Horvat stepped up. But they couldn't keep. They couldn't afford to keep Markstrom. They couldn't afford to keep Tanev. All these kind of little pieces that were crucial for them. And then you know the other side of it too is like let's look at the division. It's the all Canadian division. Mm-hmm. They're not getting a chance to. Um, it's well, everyone's up against it. So you're you know every league, every team is is part of a division that they're only going to be playing. So. I mean, Vancouver's going to have to adjust to this division. Toronto is in Montreal, clearly the cream of the crop. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think there's any stopping either one of them. And you would normally be able to gauge versus, okay, we've got, and we're doing a West Coast run and we're playing the Ducks and we're playing Phoenix and we, we, we crawl back 10 points or we do something. But it, or even Edmonton, they beat Edmonton and, you know, every game a couple years ago would pull in those 10 points. Now, all these games are like four point games, right? Mm-hmm. And so you lose, you're losing basically four points and um, you can't measure up against, you can only measure up against Canada. You can't measure up against any of the other teams and make adjustments throughout the year and go, all right, well, you know, this is, this is what's happening or, or, okay, we're, we're weak on the left side. We're going to do that. They're weak on every side and mm-hmm. and they have to fix it right now. Um, and it's, 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 it's amazing to watch because people want to blame Travis green, but it's like, no, no, this is a, this is a, a management issue for me. They didn't manage the cap. Yeah. And they had it's to a, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I'm, I'm learning a lot of this right now because Vancouver is one of those teams that we just don't really see regularly. And I'm, I'm so, so leaf centric. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I will glance to see what's happening in the West, but that's usually of no concern to me mm-hmm. until later in the year when the Leafs are hopefully in a playoff spot. And um, so, yeah, the, the Canucks have always been this. You know, I was never, I was never a Sedin fan, the, right. the, the Sedins. And I think like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not. I, I don't know how popular they were with, with, within their own fan base, but I never totally got into the Canucks. So that's maybe part of the reason why I, I didn't uh, really mm-hmm. follow them. But anyways, all, all to say on paper, it looks like they should have a good team, but you know, like you said, if you, if you have a, a leaky defense, that's uh, that's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, know the pro- I- and the other side too, is that, um, you know, I'm speaking to this Canucks side, Leaf argument. Obviously, I'm Toronto born and raised and a Leaf fan at, at heart. But when I moved to Vancouver, you barely could get Leaf games. Mm-hmm. Only on Saturday night. They, they didn't have the coverage that you had now. Even mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sounding old, but I've been out here 16 years. And they really only in the last five years have you really been able to get regular programming from around mm-hmm. the league unless you subscribe to the NHL Network. So when I came out here, the Canucks completely changed the team, right? Everyone left. Everyone I hated was gone. Mm-hmm. Brand new team, brand new everything. And we saw the rise of all these great players and, and for them to go to the Stanley Cup final, it was, it was great to have two teams to really cheer for, being part of a, a place. And then, and then, you know, Leafs were struggling. Canucks were doing great. Always Leafs versus Canucks. Always cheer for Leafs versus Canucks. But then being able to enjoy that other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, watching them getting annihilated by the 
by the Leafs. I'm like, okay, friend, I'm happy that the Leafs are racking up points, but my God, look at how awful this Canucks team is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that, that's nothing encouraging about watching them getting their ass handed to them three games they, in a row. Like they could probably, they could probably <laughs> still beat Ottawa, but I don't know, man. Ottawa's won yeah. two games so far. That's... Ottawa and Calgary. I think that's, that's it. Maybe. I, I yeah. I, f- I feel like Vancouver maybe plays Ottawa next now. Okay. Right here, so we'll, we'll see if they can. Yeah. I think, uh, I think they can, t- they can turn it around. Like I think this, the season's shorter this year. So they've dug themselves a hole to say the least, but mm-hmm. I think they can, uh, you know, if they, if they kind of catch a 10 on 10 and O or a nine and one, they can get back into it. It's, uh, I am I mean, encouraged by how amazing, uh, Matthews is this year. And, oh man, uh, he's crazy. Morgan Riley. I took Morgan Riley in my pool and he does not disappoint. Nice, um, but yeah, they made uh, some good. They made Leafs made some good additions. I love the addition of Wayne Simmons. They needed somebody like him all along. Now he's hurt. Yeah. He's up for twenty games, but they needed yeah. somebody like that. And uh, now Spets is getting more time. And he's after they put him on waivers, he's now moved up the list there. And just mm-hmm. reliable players, you know, like solid reliable players, which is good. And mm-hmm. is uh is Big Joe back tomorrow night against uh, Montreal? Or no, I think he's probably a week a week oh, away okay. still. But um, yeah, that was like so. I'm totally with you on that. Like with Simmons, I think is the the exact player that they needed somebody who can stand up for uh for his line mates he can play on the yeah. second line and not so it's not like he needs to be demoted to the fourth line and to come out to you know once in a while to to, to protect his team he can be out there on a regular shift with the good players and, and chip yeah. in and get some goals and so when he went down with injury like in the back of my mind i was like yes yeah, that sucks and then it, more i thought about it, i was like that really sucks actually yeah. he, was, he was an energy player that um I felt like he, yeah, he was that one chip that they needed. And so they've had one game without him and they, they were horrible. Um, yeah, you know, flat. yeah. So Vancouver should have won that last game. Oh, and, I know. Uh, like it, we're not getting any goaltending. I mean, I, um, Demko was, was really good. I took Holby actually in my pool thinking, ah, you yeah. know what? I thought, I thought he would be good for the, but I mean, oh, they're just so week and i was like mm. ah this is i'm i'm already eighth from the bottom of my pool and it's over so, <laughs> but, by the way we call this too. segment nerds on sports yes. nerds <laughs> nerds on skates that's, that's right, all we, we talk about is hockey we don't really talk about any other listen, sport yeah nerds on skates man yeah we can we can still we can still go there but the, the leafs do look really good i thought mm-hmm. and um uh what's uh the defense dude they got from calgary there i'm just blanking oh uh brody yeah, Brody, Brody looks good. Yeah, I don't. He was another one of those guys I didn't know a whole lot about because mm-hmm. he's uh, Calgary Flames. But uh, ah. yeah, he he looks good. I was very against him for the first four or five games, and it, it really wasn't his. He had one bad game there at the start, and people kind of got on him a little. Yes, first got on him a little bit. But mm-hmm. I kind of wanted, and I had this in my mind that we were going to get Colton Pareko from the right St. from the St. Louis Blues, six yeah. foot seven, two hundred and forty pounds, like good shutdown guy who actually is the anti Morgan Riley. Like he actually plays defense and he mm-hmm. hits and he's plays positionally that like exactly what the Leafs need. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he was ever actually available. I think in my like dream fantasy, <laughs> he, he, he would have been traded to my team. Mm-hmm. But um, so I think I didn't like, TJ Brody because he wasn't Colton Pareko. He was the right. exact opposite. Somebody told me the stat. He had the least least hits per 60 minutes out of any defenseman that was playing like 20 minutes oh, a night. Wow. So as soon as I read that, I was like, no, no, this guy's gonna like have to do a lot to win me over. Yeah, for and sure. So right? 
he he has i would say now i'm like i've warmed up to the idea of him being a leaf and i'm no longer um you know i'm still cheering for him and he's still not colton Fraco, but i think he's he's fitting in well yeah. and, and the one i'm actually more excited about on defense is, is bogosian yes me too I, I, tough guy man yeah. i like him all along as well so he's a number six D man, like through and through. Like I don't think he ever even has business being on your on your second defensive line. But he's all he's like kind of um, uh, Roman Polak. Yeah, who I used to always right? like. You know, yeah. he's always in position. He's probably not going to score a goal this year unless it bounces in off a couple of skates. But mm-hmm. he's uh, that's not why they've got him. Yeah, and he's big and he looks intimidating. You know, I just Tough I wouldn't want to skate. Mark to your man. points. I'm an eighth line left winger. <laughs> so you know <laughs> we have the same traits if it goes off my head if it goes off my ass there you go my all canceled. canceled um moving along gents let's go into um anyways that's nerds on sports yeah we watch sports <laughs> i watched the super bowl I, I did the whole thing i'm a whatever leave us alone I didn't watch stop picking on us um so anyways um Moving on, uh, keeping with the movie theme for a minute. Yeah. We're chatting about the uh, Kingston yeah. Canadian Film Festival. Well, we have been on a bit of a Tarantino kick lately here, Mark, mm-hmm. especially. And we had uh, Jeff from Moist on last week who just released a song called Tarantino um, with a really wicked video, which you guys. Bridging it. Keeping it together. Tune in nice. to and go check out the video. They did a great job. Oh, cool. Um, but uh, Tarantino flicks. So, Chris, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, mine is Reservoir Dogs. I just can't get enough of that movie. And as you all know, I draw and and watch TV basically most of the day if I'm not, you know, doing a few lessons here and there and such or on here talking to you fine folks. But Reservoir Dogs is just the essence to me of a great dialogue movie where you're not spending a lot of money. Um, they have to, the great stars in there. Everybody in that movie is is amazing. And you don't need a lot of people in the movie either, right? You just need the right people in there. Like Steve Buscemi, Tim Roth. Um, sensational, like just, just love that movie so much. I can't think of anything I dislike about that movie. The dialogue is so good. I've been studying dialogue lately and I've been pulling a lot of, a lot of pieces out for a scene that I have where these soldiers are kind of rapping at each other, getting ready to go into battle, right. To face off against some demons here in Kingston. And, uh, they, they steal a little, I steal a little bit from the reservoir dogs thing. I love taking the Easter eggs, but there's so many, uh, little, little, just one liners from that movie that if somebody names it, says that I, I can name the movie immediately. Um, I'm trying to think, and, and the other ones like, cause I've been watching them all lately. Right. Um, what's the other one? Uh, the hateful eight. Have you ever seen yes. that one, Mark? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I, it, uh, what's that? His second most recent film. I think, yeah, I think so. I think, I think it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it reminds me a, a little bit of, uh, like, um, what, what's his mo- uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. It doesn't remind me of that plot wise, but right. it, both movies have that one big scene that kind of just builds up to, and you're just like, yeah. Holy crap. And like, it's, I it's, expected uh, it more in hateful eight than I did in once upon a time in Hollywood. I gotta be honest. Yeah. That was a bit more of a curveball. I think right at the end yeah. of, that, of that film, for sure. Although if, I think everybody knew something was going to happen very violent at the end of the movie, just by nature of yeah. it uh, riffing on the, on, on the, uh, the Manson timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the yeah, acid he, cigarette, the acid dip cigarette, right? <laughs> and, and you knew that was the night that all the hell was going to break loose. That was so cool. But yeah. Mark, we, we discussed that movie, Mark. Remember, and I made the mistake of watching it tired. And then I got, I was probably like five minutes away from like the money shot of the whole movie. And I stopped watching it. I feel like and we it, chatted about that at band practice. We did. Like, we did. I'm like, I liked it. Did you? Yeah, we're kind of. Uh, you and Brad were like, oh, you stopped at the total wrong time, right? So yeah. I went back and watched the whole movie again and really took it in proper. And I really, really. Definitely, I just enjoyed it, man. It was great. It was really. But it's funny how we discussed that. Right? Like, oh, you stopped at the total wrong time. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> I think your question, your thing at the time was just like, what was it like? The like, what was it about? Kind of, you know. And and I think that's like, it's it is one of those movies that kind of just meanders along with no like real uh, hard plot line. You know, it's all these like kind of mm. intersecting stories and just like really really interesting characters that you, you don't. Yeah that's kind of why you don't care that the plot's not maybe the strongest because you're just like so into these characters i love that yeah characters with, with levels and layers man i'm i'm so all about that yeah yeah and then that because, final scene is just the big the big payoff scene we're like oh, okay this is so yeah you, you turned it off at the exact wrong moment but i, I, know, know, I, I know up to, up to that point though i think it was like for me it was still enjoyable but then mm. i think you know it's nice having that payoff at the end yeah, there's times too when you go to watch a movie, you're just not in the right, not in the right zone for it, kind of for thing. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I should have watched like a like a slasher flick that night or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, uh, but when I watched it again, I, I enjoyed it. So the cool thing that I liked about the end of it, spoiler alert, um, is they took something that ended so horribly and turned it into being they all you know they all survived and plus buddy got his career uh resurgent in there leo dicaprio and his buddy his other buddy brad pitt who was going to have to stop working for him and didn't know what he was going to do he's going to get hired again too right so it was total it was the hollywood ending it went we, it was great man we, we all had a positive ending on it so after you, you catch it it's one of those things too where you have to watch it all together i thought like just mm-hmm. jumping back in where i dropped off wouldn't have worked at all um and, and again tarantino's dialogue like, I, are you a big dialogue guy, Mark, or do you like more of uh like, I can go for either, but I have to have some good dialogue in there. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, uh, the, yeah, I don't know how long the scripts would be on those movies, but yeah, they're like, right? they're, he's they're, pretty, they're, he's pretty dead on. Many, yeah, there's not too many scenes that let the scenery speak. It's like the people are speaking on, on behalf of the scene. Yeah. It's yeah. very, dialogue. anything I've read about it, it's been pretty like, you know, you can't move off of it. Mm you can't move off of it. And I don't imagine he would give, he might give DiCaprio a moment, right? Or a couple Wait, of the, or, if he, or, if he smashes his hand on a glass and bleeds all over the place, right? You guys know about that skull, in, in, in on the Django? skull, on the skull when he smashed it was on skull. a glass. I thought it was, I think, yeah, it was like, yeah. And then he's covering it in, oh man, crazy, crazy, crazy. He just kept going. Yeah. And there was another scene in uh, a funny thing in the hateful eight and uh, oh, Jennifer, what's her name is playing the guitar. Russell. Jennifer Jason, Le- Jennifer Jason Lee. That Jennifer Jason yeah. Lee is, is yeah, fast times playing playing this guitar right, and it was a replica like this, like ten thousand dollar replica, and Buddy comes to grabs it and smashes it, and watch if you watch that again, watch her reaction. She's like, whoa, no, whoa, no, and she's looking to the side immediately at the producer. Whoa, wait, 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 <laughs> and she totally breaks character there, and you can see her look off to the mm-hmm. side, but but they kept it in there, which again, the reason that was mentioned in the video I watched was because Tarantino is so, you know. What 
what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like for them to leave that in there was a pretty big thing. Um, so, Mark, what what is That's, your favorite Tarantino movie? Sorry, I, I was just curious. I, I, I don't I don't know. Like I haven't done a, like a deep dive recently. I, I think like if you were to like put me on the spot to answer, I'd say Inglorious Bastards is the one that I've like seen the most and gone back to the most. And it's like it's like every scene just hit, just hits you. But I well, um, I was just thinking about it. Tonight. Let me give you the list. Let me give you the list. Oh, Ready? You got a you got a top Reservoir. Five? Okay, so the, the ones that he all the movies that he's director and okay. writer. Now there's he's been producer, but let's just go director and writer that we would know. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, um, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, One and Two, mm-hmm. Grindhouse, um, Inglorious Bastards, Django, Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time, and then he was like either a writer or a producer or contributed to Natural Born Killers, Four Rooms, uh, True Romance, right. Sin City, uh, Planet Terror. So a few of them. So there you go. There's your options. He, he had a great one in Four Rooms. So I just watched that the other day yeah. as well. Again, Tim Roth. How awesome is Tim Roth? Oh man, the dude. So is go awesome. ahead, Mark. There's your list. What do you got? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I maybe saying Inglorious. I feel like I need to go back and I've only see, um, seen a, f- a few of them once. The Hateful Eight I've only seen one time, and uh, I just remembered uh, Ennio Morricone's the, uh, the wrote the soundtrack for that, which mm-hmm. is which is cool. I don't know if he scored the soundtracks to other films. If he did Django Unchained or not, I don't think he did. But it's uh, yeah, the sound. I I remember now that the soundtrack to Hateful Eight was awesome and that's nice. that's one i'd want to go back and revisit but all, what else off that list um i feel like i need to also go back and rewatch the kill bills i've i've seen them both once and i know they were like kind of the exact opposite of uh once upon a time in hollywood like they <laughs> they just like bludgeon you with like scene after scene and it's not a slow build at all no, the dojo um, scene the dojo yeah. scene with uh oh i just had her name in my head then i lost lucy lou Lucy Liu, holy cow! And I love Japanese samurais and stuff too, right? So that scene was just that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Pulp Fiction was probably the one from like uh, like when we were young that sort of seen cat- it so many times and it's great. Just yeah, like- and like Reservoir Dogs, I don't know if I'm, I'm sure it's like some film nerds in high school or I, I don't know. At- where I would have been in my academic career at that time. But I, I know like that would have been underseen, I think, whereas Pulp Fiction seemed to be pretty, pretty mainstream when yeah. it came out. I remember seeing the movie posters, like people's lockers and stuff like that. And, um, and then maybe they went back to Reservoir Dogs after, although Reservoir Dogs, I think one, did it win like an Oscar or something? Like I think it won Sundance something. Cause it was the very okay. first film he put out. Harvey Keitel financed it for him. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he, he went out swinging, like, I think right, right away. Yeah. Like he, he, uh, he, I don't think he had a, a, a very long, um, kind of amateur filmmaking career. No, maybe he, you're maybe right, he did, but I feel like after Reservoir Dogs, he was in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Pulp Fiction was kind of like the one I remember from being young when I was a lot younger. But uh, I, I always get excited about when word comes out that he's doing something. I know I heard he was doing a, a, like a restricted Star Trek. Um, he was going to write the next Star Trek movie that was going to be restri- rated R mm-hmm. um, with that cast, which I thought would be very interesting, violent be, Star yeah. Trek. It would be a very interesting take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, to your point, Chris, like when I'm looking back on these flicks, um, Reservoir Dogs is interesting because it was, it, you know, I, I've heard rumblings from from filmmakers that like it's like when you make your first record, you have all the time in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you make it thinking you're never going to make another one. Mm-hmm. So 
as amazing as Reservoir Dogs is, as you see the evolution to me of Tarantino, and as he lets his dialogue breathe mm-hmm. more, even though he crams as much in as he possibly can, uh, he just got to be, to be such an amazing writer, which is why he keeps winning screenwriter stuff and going on, which is why I lean a little bit more towards the later works, just because I love how his dialogue breathed a little bit more. I love Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but they were no, almost I totally like, get that. It's like musicians too, right? Like, yeah. I like, like I, I, people always say, what's your favorite Nirvana album? And I'm like, oh man, I, I always go to Bleach. So I love I, I, Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil. Like that is no hesitation at all. Metallica, like it's right in the beginning there, right? So um, you don't make as many albums as you do films. Um, and I think that I love the punk rock aspect of, of uh, Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir yeah. I love the punk, and there's there's other stuff I like the punk rock aspect of too. There's just so many. I like it when things are stripped down a bit, like a band. I love it when a band progresses, and that's fine. Um, but I love their early albums. Well, I can hear the guitar, I can hear the other guitar, the bass, the drums, and the ball. That's great. And then they progress, and it's like, wow, there's like twelve layers of guitars in there and a synthesizer. I just, I just love punk rock stripped down. You can hear this, you can hear that. So it's like Reservoir Dogs. Here it is. You got your dudes here. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, what the hell? And then they show the layers of each character. And ah, man, you get me with those layers. See, Mark, I was having arguments with people about the latest Star Wars movies because I don't like them because I feel the characters had no layers to them. Mm -hmm. So that I'm always like arguing layers on characters. Now, Reservoir Dogs is a perfect example of you showing layers to these characters in what, like 15 minute intervals, 10 minute intervals, because they go back, right? They, they show people and then they go back and, and they'll show how they met or how Buddy got out of jail. And man, they they really made you either care or want to kick the crap out of those characters. And I love that. I, I just, so that, that's the reason why I like Reservoir Dogs is, is just because of that, the punk rock attitude, the way they just like, here's your characters, here they are. And again, his choice for songs Bam, that's so good. Like like that that brown bag song off being mm-hmm. doom, 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 doom. At first he was gonna use money by Pink Floyd, and they just happened to be at a bar somewhere and he heard that more funkier song, right? Put that in and then just taking Steeler's Wheel, which is a song that was not popular at all when when they did the ear cutting scene, right? That stuck in the middle again. Like it, it was you didn't hear it like on the radio stations like you, you did after that movie. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really groundbreaking as well. And for me, I thought it was it would have been really tough for him to go back and top that. But Pulp Fiction did in a way, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was more streamlined. It was more what the people wanted. He got some really big stars in there. He resurged, resurgenced uh, uh, John Travolta's career. And the way that John Travolta's character was related, the Vegas related to the guy in uh, Reservoir Dogs. I love that. Like have stories drip through your other stories, man. It's uh, I love that. I think that's fantastic. Um, that's did you hear I, they just tried thing. to tie in? They just tried to tie in the drug dealer from yes. um they just tried to tie into drug dealer from fast times at ridgemont high to the pulp fiction drug dealer because it's the yep. same time frame. eric, eric stoltz <laughs> eric stoltz yeah it's great the guy who puts the uh the needle into uh what's her name there right yeah. or helps Thurman. don't you feel, i feel like that's coming with tarantino where he's going to basically drop his last film on everybody and then he's going to release a thing that says and by the way here you go and everything is going to be tied oh, into it, every oh, movie so in the history cool. of film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be that would that yeah. would be so cool. Well, I, like I say, Mark and I have discussed what? this before. It's like Kubrick and and Tarantino are my two favorites. I just mm. amazing. They're just yeah, and he's like uh, he's like he's like such a film nerd too. Like I think uh, hatefully, I remember he did a tour with that film with not thirty five mil, but like seventy mil, and so it's going to all these like art houses playing. 
playing that film mm. on like 70 mil tape, which is, which is insane. And like, it, very cool cost, that? very, very cost prohibitive, but yeah, just like things right. like that. And then get, you know, like getting Ennio Morricone to do the, uh, the soundtrack and yeah, I think he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a film geek that, that just is so passionate about it. And it's, it's always, it's always awesome seeing, um, artists like that, you know, create it resonates. Work. Right. I, I saw a great video where, uh, and he does this all the time as his people, his, his stars in his show, his movies know that, okay, he'll be, we'll take the cut and be like, okay, we got it, but we're going to do it again. Why are we going to do it again? And everybody says, cause we love making films <laughs> and, and they'll, they'll shoot it again because they love, that's their mantra. We love making, we got it, but you know what? Let's give it one more shot. Cause we love making, yeah, it's just real. So it, it, that's, that's gotta be, and you notice too, has he has he has a stable of uh, actors that he likes to use too? Just right? gonna say it's great. I love that. I, that is awesome too. Kevin Smith's the same way. Like you get these. I find these really creative guys. It's not like okay, you're working with this person. Or no, sorry, like the mainstream big directors and and right. Okay, you're working with this guy. We got this guy. These these more creative ones are like mm, this is the guy playing the part. If he's not available, I don't know what we're gonna do here. You know what I mean? Um, are, are you guys privy with Jackie Brown? Because that's one of the lesser known mm-hmm. movies, right? Yeah, I mean, I I dig it a lot. Um, I thought it was a subtle entry for him. Like it was a time, it was like a tribute to that time, um, and it was a nice little break, I think, for him. And Rob make- De Niro being in there is like right out of left field, right? Yeah, it was. Rob De Niro is just like interesting right cast. Out of left- have you seen that one, Mark? I have, but that's one I need to revisit. That's yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. 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 But the, in that one too, the soundtrack and the mood of everything is so seventies. It's like, oh, this is great. Right? Like you know. I like how he keeps touching on, um, I don't know, he keeps pushing it and it's very, uh, uh, his writing, as you said, Chris, the writing side of it. It's funny because you were talking about character development. Um, I got asked, and I'm not going to tie the two of them in together per se, but I did get asked today about why the, the WandaVision episodes were so were so short, like 22, 23 or 30 minutes. And I'm, I can only liken it to a quick hit comic book where you're going to get this yeah. and then you got to pay into the next thing. But in those, especially in the, in the middle section here, they're really taking you back into character development uh, as you touched on in, in the previous episodes. And, but Tarantino just has one long, you know, three and a half, three hour movie where you get character development on every single person. Kill Bill was the best example of that because it just goes and goes. You still are trying to go back and find character development in Pulp Fiction, yeah. right? But Kill Bill, it's like, here's every single thing and every single story that you could possibly imagine that will tie this in and we're just going to weed it, you know, intertwine it. And it's, mm-hmm. ugh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's really, it's, really yes. Yeah, so I think some of the writing lends itself well to, if he wanted to like, was he a comic book guy, Chris? I think he was, wasn't he? Who's that? Tarantino. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause if you look at in his first yeah. movie, Reservoir Dogs, there's a silver surfer poster. Right, yeah. He's just like the thing from the fantastic four. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. So, I mean, you could see it either in that medium or like, even like, uh, you could almost see a, a few of his films even being like a theater, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like a, like a, just a theater set where it's all, yeah, there's only a few right? different, like hate, hateful eight, like that, uh, that, that scene when they're in the, what do they call it? The, te- uh, not the tavern, but when they all meet up there, you know, like that, that could easily be a piece of theater. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, so that's, I, I, that's such a good movie. I did not see what was coming 
in that movie, like at all. Mm-hmm. You now sometimes you can kind of see what's going to happen or whatever. They let you know, but wow, I was in the dark on that one. And that was really cool. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. That was one that I, I didn't, I haven't seen properly until maybe like in over the pandemic here. Like I've seen it here and there, but I sat down and watched it like twice. Yeah. In a row. You know, and then I really, really, really got into it, man. Yeah, before we get off this, then let's just do a quick, before we get off this, then let's do a, and then uh, we let Mark get out of here, but of oh, um, after 10, geez, but I haven't seen Mark in so long too, right? We, we see yeah, each other all he's the got time. a festival to run, but okay. So let's, uh, what's our favorite Tarantino movie scene? Uh, go Chris, Ooh, what's your favorite oh, Tarantino scene? scene? Okay. I love, Oh, I can't. You got to come back to me. Mark, I'll start. Okay. I'll start. You guys okay. think about it. I'm going to go with the scene with Don Johnson and Django when they're rolling up and they've got, um, who's the dude from, uh, who's the, uh, you know, the kid that was part of the, 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 um, oh, my brain. He, he's in, uh, listen to me. <laughs> I'm trying to, what's the kid that won that got nominated for the Oscar for Moneyball? Um, oh, Jonas Hill. Jonah Hill. Oh. So, anyways, Jonah Hill, Don Johnson. Holy moly! I'm sorry, Jonah. I, anyways, little Seth Rogen. Um, so, they have this great scene where they're rolling up to you know go get Django. I'm not going to use any of the words, but they're talking about it's the, one of my favorite scenes of movies in the history of film when they're sitting around on their horses and they can't see out of their hoods. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. Who designed, who designed these hoods? And they're like, well, my wife took a lot of time to cut them off for you. Next time you cut your own hoods. Yeah. Fuck all y'all. Should I keep you know, it on or should I take it off? Slave, listen, that to me. That was really funny. That to me is the, the, the single favorite scene he's ever written. Uh, it is absolutely 100% brilliant. And to have oh. Don Johnson and Jonah, we can't see. How are we supposed to do <laughs> this really if we funny. can't see? God damn really it, this funny. is a raid. It's just like the best so yeah that was uh, amazing scene so uh, let's go back to mark um i guess from inglorious bastards the the theater burning scene would be oh my god there for sure like that's you know that's that's i guess one one of the big scenes in that movie if not the yeah, big one the but, opening scene too is great yeah, too, huh, buddy I, either that or like a tie would be any christoph waltz interrogation scene like christoph when he, waltz. When he, yeah when he, he's the uh I know he's interrogating the theater owner before she burns it down in like her little um, office room, but then also just throughout the movie, like, you know, you know, whoever he, you know, whoever he runs up against, he's going to get to the bottom of it. And it's just, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I'd say any scene, any scene with him, or I guess one specifically the theater burning scene. Yeah. That was deadly dude. Okay. I got mine now. The very first scene of, of, uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs. The very first scene that that caught the scene in the coffee house there, where they're like talking about Madonna videos and not tipping, and mm-hmm. I just that is brilliant. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Other than that, I would have to say Samuel Jackson's scene in uh, Pulp Fiction, where he's just shooting people in that that little apartment there, and mm-hmm. he does the whole spiel. That whole scene was real was amazing as well. That was great, and actually it coincided. It was I thought it was as amazing as the last scene in Pulp Fiction too. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the first scene in Reservoir Dogs, guys. Yeah, the very first thing that anybody ever saw of Quentin Tarantino, which is funny because a lot of times with punk albums, I like the first song off the album. You know what? It's my favorite song. And that's or the first album from a band. It's the same way. It is. I just love the dialogue, the way the camera. You only needed those actors and those actors were perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Love it. Go check them out, folks, on on the internets. And while you're on the internets, go visit our friend Mark at the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Remind everybody where they can buy tickets and where they can go online to watch all the amazing stuff that you guys are doing, man. So go to kingcanfilmfest.com or at kingcanfilmfest on any social accounts and you'll find all about the festival and Chris's workshop and uh, go to both. King Can. Yeah, it. buy it up. Yeah. It's not the one in Kingston, Jamaica. King Can. Oh. <laughs> King Can. The and King- uh, Mark is going to give us a pass to give away. We're going to get a pass to give away to uh, one lucky listener to go check yeah. out a flick. Go check out a flick and uh, maybe ask a director a question. So but, is that, um, is that, a, is that a ticket for the online or is that? Yeah. Like the, or the Chris, for the online. Chris's thing. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll <laughs> oh, I was, I was just curious. Just let it, Okay. I wasn't sure. Cause yeah, it, we'll it was, give you, we'll give you a pile of tickets to give away. Yeah. That's great, dude. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. that. Right on, right yeah. on. That was nice to you, buddy. We'll, uh, but the obligation is, is that uh, if you watch a film for free, you got to buy one. That's just the way it's got to go. You got to okay. do it. You got to do it. So that's how it's going to go. Uh, pay attention to that. We'll, uh, We'll give some away uh, in a couple of weeks just before the festival starts. Festival dates, Mark? Uh, February 26th to March 7th. Wicked. Yeah. That's uh, me and Mark Garnis. Our good, good buddy. We'll both festival be watching director. the game tomorrow night. We'll watch Montreal lose. Yes, yes. That's, uh, that'll be my cinema of the week. <laughs> well, I, I got it. We're, what, one, so I, I, we got to hook up downtown and go skating at least. Oh yeah. I think that like every, everything downtown's frozen. People are skating on everything downtown. I, I drove by there the other night and uh, there are people are skating. Mark will go down there. We'll body check some people into the snow banks, have some fun. Oh, I'm Skate. glad you threw that in. I was, <laughs> I did, you know, have a little, no figure skating uh, here, man. We're going to get our body uh, check on it. We'll, we'll just bring a ski, our sticks in the puck too. And really just clear the ice. Stick and puck there right down yep. there. Stick and puck the day. there. That's right. Eh? Right on, buddy. Say hi to Maura for me, my friend. All right, guys. Thanks for coming by, brother. We appreciate yeah, it, man. Thanks, guys. Take yep. care, Thanks, Mark. Guys. Thanks, buddy. All right. Talk to you soon. You Bye bet. Man. All right. <laughs> that was Mark. Fun what stuff, did I man. Do? Fun stuff. Our old buddy, Mark. It goes so quick here, dude. We're like, I was like an hour and 15 minutes right there. An hour and 18 minutes. How's your bladder doing? Oh, I'm fine, actually. I'm doing okay. But That's uh, good. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It's a... Uh, yeah, a great guy, great cause. Love what he's doing. Indie films, uh, and not so indie as well, but a great There's chance. Some for- great films, like the film I saw, Brent, Lonnie, and my wife and I went and saw it. Was it didn't it didn't feel like we were watching an indie film? It was really uh, yeah. cool. Uh, you know, and I guess everyone has their own definition of indie. I guess people if people get their head out of their ass. Every film is a film, right? Got to start it, somewhere, man. You know what I mean? Know. Like, and again, if especially if you're like, an, if you're if you akin your music to movies and you like the beginning of, of groups or artists, uh, where they come from, man, take a chance. You're not going to lose. I guarantee it. It's great stuff. And that workshop, that comic book workshop, damn. Going to be rad. I heard the guy that's running that comic workshop is, is, is the actual, absolute stuff. That's right. And if you haven't heard enough about him, he's got a great comic called Skeletron. It's coming out at issue two very shortly. Yeah. The number and, one's uh, right behind my head there still. We're just, uh, it, I tell you, again, you're doing stuff on your own. The second issue's got so much more dialogue and more pages in the first one. And we're just have, we're, we're a little late with our placements and our, and our dialogue in there. But the art's all done. You know, we're cruising. I apologize to people who are waiting for it. I need to but apologize. This is like, this is like, you guys just be patient. The longer you wait, the better, to, you know, it's going to be, which means the longer you wait, the, the closer it is to issue three. 
Because they're going to have to double down on their workload. That's just how it's going to go. Well, we're get, we're going to get we're going to get on we're going to yeah we're going to start scanning the other one a little earlier and yeah. stuff. But, uh, yeah, go check it out. Now speaking of comic books, we got a couple minutes left, but um, I was talking to you earlier about this. The Zack Snyder cut. Oh yeah, is coming for DC. That is the new version of Joker that they've done, which is. Um, kind of more on the clown at midnight theme of things. Uh, they did some reshoots and by all accounts, this new Snyder cut is going to be great from what we're told. Uh, they've placed it all back together and hopefully we will get the DC movie we've been hoping for, or I've been hoping mm. for that. So you know, how much was, there. how much was reshot? Like uh, they had to do pickups and, and um, the problem is, is when they brought the new director in, he basically got rid of everything that Snyder had made yeah, it's tough. and um you know which i listen if you're gonna it was a bit of a mess right and i know they did their their best with it but it was a bit of a mess and they didn't there was just not a lot there so they added the dream sequence they've added this bit with um jared leto and which i'm not a big fan of obviously but listen they've changed the joker up a bit um and uh they're hoping that it'll lead to more of a you know a psychological joker batman story down the road about you know after the death of robin and i think they're going to tie a few more things in um and hopefully i don't i don't i never want to say to dc to give up on trying to make things like marvel but Mm -hmm. this has got to be close to their last shot for anyone to take it seriously yeah, well, the Justice League movie was just like the Infinity uh, War movies. You know what I mean? Like the, the storyline was so damn simple, and DC must have known that that's the way Marvel was heading. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they must have known because Marvel started this storyline way back with the the hidden scene of Avengers One with Thanos. So they must have known they were heading towards that. DC, mm-hmm. you, got, you got lots of other villains to choose from. Why? Who made the decision to do that? Like Marvel started their 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 ship first on this these movies, right? Heading towards Thanos and the big thing. Why would they go with Darkseid? I it just And I guess it, my question to you, Chris, being the, the expert in this field, is the DC universe that complicated to Marvel? Like Marvel no. has a lot of moving parts, but DC really complicated things. Well, look what look what Marvel did. Really? Well, look, look at what the X Men was before they before sure. they, the continuity was ridiculous. I said this before. I'll say it again. DC is not or has not been willing to commit to canon to a storyline. They're worried, and my biggest uh, um, one that right. shows this. Yeah. Well, no, the, the biggest example of this. Sorry, the biggest biggest example of this is the last Joker movie. Man, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, this might be outside of the DC universe. We're not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? It's either canon or it's not, man. And that was brilliant. Make it canon. Mm-hmm. But they won't commit to it. So you got all these DC fans wondering, well, where does everything go here? Well, the Flash just ran around the planet and changed everything again. Stop it. Stop it. Commit mm-hmm. to some canon, to some timeline for DC. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's way too many uh, things that I could bring up here that are ridiculous. The t- some of the TV shows really, uh, the, the Titans TV show is fantastic. Wow, really good. Doom Patrol, bam. Oh, it's crazy. It's amazing. Um, what else have I watched? I, I like Gotham to a point, and then it just got a little little too Hollywood. That separation, though, of TV and film. Well, they, uh, they have, right? But they have the canon in the TV ones, mm-hmm. and they're doing so well. They're killing Marvel. Yeah. 
Whereas in the movie ones, they won't commit to anything, which is the big picture. And totally. yeah, they, they're, they're scared, I guess, right? Or they haven't got the right guy in there. You just need to send Jim Lee in there, um, who's, a, who's a great artist from way, way back in the day who's helping run DC things. Do Hush by Batman properly. Lonnie, my producer's nodding her head, yes. Or do uh, The Death of Robin properly mm -hmm. with the Joker so people can feel something and you start continuity. I mean, I Let's thought they, obviously the standalone flicks that they did with um, um, Christian Bale, fine. I mean, to me, oh, those that, were great. That no, those were really good. That's fine. Um, Actually, the second one was 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 really, really, really good. Yeah, I just mean like they they tr they they told the origin story. They didn't tie the rest of the universe in, and then they that's tried right. With, and then even the beginning of Batman versus Superman uh, was like, okay, this is kind of cool, and then it was like. But people, it confused everybody. Batman versus yes, why yeah. are Batman and Superman fighting? Anyways, we, we can go on for days about it, but the Snyder cuts coming out in March on HBO max. So make sure you check it out. If you can, I'm also stoked. They've got a Superman and Lois uh, TV show coming out now. Oh, cool. Okay. They got we'll a new that. Superman, a new dude, you know, the, the that'll square, probably be great. The TV the stuff, we'll see what they do. Uh, but um, I got to tell you what I'm most excited about. We just finished Cobra Kai season three. I know I'm a little oh, late nice, to the game nice. on it, Listen, if you <laughs> for it's made for us, man. Yeah, I mean, it's our it's our age group for sure. It's our age group, but my kids loved it. Uh, it is a little grown uppy in parts, uh, but they really. I'm telling you, man, you're going to love Johnny Lawrence in this thing, and they've done. They you will love the story the way you commit to story. You're going to love how they do this because there's like kids that are villains and there's switching of this and it, it, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, I can't believe. I get to be the one that tells Chris to go watch Cobra Kai. And he, ah. didn't, he didn't tell me because because yeah, they really take. And I know it's late. I, I heard about it years ago and it was on YouTube originally. And then it got picked up and, and all the rest of it. But what they've done for character development here. And it's really like no one's winning Emmys for it, but it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh, the dial, like, I mean, and to learn the backstory that like, uh, Zabka, who was jo Johnny Lawrence and um, Ralph Macho have kind of remained friends through the whole thing and kind of circled back. It's produced by Will Smith. There's like this kind of, I don't know, there's weird kind of like everyone's like, let's tell the story to you and I of what happened after, he, you know, Johnny Lawrence was kicked in the face. And it's like a, it's like a comic book, but it's like, man, the character development is it's crazy. So fun, man. Isn't that the key, dude? Like layers, yeah. the characters, and then these characters have it. And the way they bring like old villains back in, yeah. you're kind of like, what is going on here? This is like, oh, it's, so well it's done, man. I saw Kevin Smith do something. Uh, you know, we reference Kevin a lot on here. Obviously, we named the podcast after him, but, but, um, he was you know, raving and almost weeping at the end of season three about it. And when Kevin gets like that, I think it's great because he does really great breakdowns of, of of shows but um i was like i, I really got to give it a chance so i don't get a chance to gush on here very often but i gotta tell you anyone watching at home really give cobra kai a shot there's some lessons for kids in there big time i can every time i'm watching with my daughter and something goes on i just kind of give it a look she's like what <laughs> yeah, your daughter's like, just don't you don't you don't Hey, <laughs> look at the decision that that person made and look at the decision, what it led to. There's some really great stuff, but the mm -hmm. Johnny Lawrence character, Zabka to me deserves an Emmy. He's, he's, he's a producer. He's written it. He's a writer. Um, he's really done a great job with his character on here I and agree. the character development is amazing. So, Hey, Chris, I got something for you. 
Cobra Kai. Go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And the, oh, I've seen a bit of it. And yeah, the soundtrack for it, of course, is. Oh, my God. The soundtrack. There, it's, right? got, it's, yeah. it's everything, man. The soundtrack is everything. And the only, the only, uh, the one thing I'm going to give away on this uh-huh. thing, which is just not really ruining anything, is Johnny Lawrence's love for the movie Iron Eagle. And um, anyone who came through that time <laughs> and who doesn't know what Iron Eagle is, Jason Gedrick with the tape recorder on his leg and he's playing Queen songs and stuff. That was my top gun. There you go. Go watch it. Cobra Kai. Absolutely deadly. So stoked. Uh, One tweet I did make this week though about it is like, Mm -hmm. Hey guys, ease up on the drinking and driving though. (laughs) Every single scene, someone's wasted and driving their car. And I'm like, it's in the States. Every, yeah, it's America. It's in America. Every scene. There it is. Sorry. Go watch it. I have a lot of American friends and I apologize for that, but you know, it's true. All right, next week we're going to be back with a big episode because it is oh, yeah? going to be well. I'm What's calling Wandavision. it Wandavision, the mid-season review of Wandavision. Hopefully, we'll get uh, some of our past guests on here and to see where they're feeling about it now. Uh, now that they've seen six episodes of it, I think everyone's feeling really good. I'm feeling correct. I'm feeling pretty damn smart <laughs> because right. I, I'm talking about things. The first episode, the first time we 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 did this. Yeah. I gave my opinion, my breakdowns and I go on YouTube and I don't even want to watch any of the videos because they're like two weeks behind me. Them slow guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Smoke. What one point for Chris Machete and, uh, and kids on the escalator. My Lots friend, of points. So I'm, I'm hoping we'll get Lachlan back on here. Maybe Dean, we'll get a whole bunch of people back on here to give us their thoughts now uh, because yeah, it's, it's definitely going the way you said it was going to go. And uh, you know, it's only a handful of episodes left and then we're going to see. She's going to be so effing evil and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) All right. Next week, we'll see our co-host Mike back with us. We'll see some review. We'll see a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, Might even have issue two of might even have issue two of Skeletron available. I'm I'm sure you will. Tell us about all the things you're doing because you're doing a lot of shit on Twitch, man. Okay, so coming up, we have Friday nights. We've switched from uh, retro movies to retro video games. And man, is that fun. So Friday nights at nine o'clock we are playing uh some classic nintendo we have over 500 games to choose from there's some weird ones there's some ones you've heard of like donkey kong and space invaders man we're jamming them and it's fun to watch retro video games right and on uh, retro video games oh it's just the best and friday night or monday you catch my guitar lessons and you guys are showing so you're not going to do the movies now it's going to be retro games for a while bounce around yeah yeah right now well we got so many retro games to go through and we just had so much fun doing it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we like to do things. It's fun watching movies, but. And watch Chris play, do the guitar thing because the other day, Monday. Uh, while you're sitting around and then you can just yell out songs to him. And he's one of the only guys I know that can do it. I'm guessing Todd Kearns and, and Fitzy can do it. I'm guessing there's a handful of others, but um, he's one. I can yell out to, Hey man, uh, play some rats. And within about eight seconds, he's got me uh, a riff, riff of Rama. Jamming some rap. Yes, I was. It was awesome. That's mm. fun, man. I love it. And, I, and again, thanks to everybody who showed up because, man, like thousand people are checking it out. And that's pretty rad for my only my third cast on there. I like it. We've got, uh, we did the thing about the merch. Ignore the, the other merch, but here's a fancy cup. You want to order that? You can find that on our Streamlabs uh, site there. There you go. What we're doing. Um, well, these guys are cool too. If you want to check out uh, Super Zuka. 
super zuka these slashes absolutely i gotta thank uh my friends at uh, blue microphones uh only half of us are thanking them right now because the other half doesn't have mic yet. <laughs> still but using I, my mic from recording my half of the of the podcast is sponsored by blue microphones who sent me this uh yeti x and sent me this and uh i'm super stoked about that uh it's a hell of a mic and a hell of a headphones and save me a pile of money that helps me with the brinson on tour podcast that you can hear wednesdays switch the coffee People are like coffee, sleeping, but listen, it helps you wake up and helps you go to sleep. That's the that's the purpose of the coffee cast. But I got some pretty rad guests on there, man. I got the original Mocha Gel in my first episode. Nice, fantastic. Did coffee for uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Corn, and um, kind of a big deal amongst them people. You're, so you're a Machine Gun Kelly fan now. Those are the kind of guests. I just Machine Gun Kelly fan now. Look at you. No, I'm not, but I'm a Jeremy Gersey fan. Oh, okay, sorry. Whoa. Oh, I have to say something. Listen, a friend of mine, I got to say something about, uh, and I'm not hacking on Machine Gun Kelly, but what I am going to say is I found the greatest review of the Machine Gun Kelly song. <laughs> and I have Uh-oh. to just, I have Uh-oh. to, how do you write the Machine Gun Kelly song? I just, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was brilliant. Ready? Mm-hmm. Write down some mediocre lyrics, preferably with a pen and paper. This will make the next steps easier. Arbitrarily scratch out half the consonants in the words you just wrote. You won't be needing them. Replace half the consonants you just dropped with extraneous vowels. <laughs> and it doesn't matter which one. Sing your sing your new song in a shitty voice because everything wow. he sings has got that. But it's the new rock. I'm not hacking on him. I just thought it was a funny funny review uh but my first guest did all his coffee and go check it out and uh, those are the kind of guests we're getting we're getting musicians cool. and bands talking coffee it's not just coffee snobs and assholes but uh, you know what you know why i like coffee keeps me regular <laughs> that's just that's it well if you do it right if you do it right does yeah just and for everyone watching at home don't say my timmy's if you do, you can stop watching the show. I make my coffee at home. I don't even know what I buy, man, but it keeps me. I'm just saying the I term like my Timmy's. It's oh, oh. How's okay. your day? Well, I started by getting my Timmy's. Ah, uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm not, actually, I'm not a, t- I, I find it, anytime I've gotten it, gotten it, anytime I've picked up Timmy's coffee and man, I haven't remember the last time I've done it, but it's always tastes burnt. It's the term I'm talking about. Well, it's burnt shite as well. I get the term you're talking about. I get the term you're talking about. How you mess up an how you mess up an americano to me boggles my mind. But your premier is all happy about the new egg sandwich instead of fixing COVID. So go Ontario. Hey man. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. It's the PC guy. I don't don't know what to tell you about. I don't do politics, man. I don't know. I don't. Anyways, drink great coffee. Watch our show. Do things. Buy Chris's comic. Tune in Mondays to him. Tune in Wednesdays to me. Tune in back on Fridays to him. Keep doing the thing. And definitely tune in next week for more WandaVision. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have, you never know who we're going to have on the show. We'll have some guests. It'll be cool. People. That's Chris Machete. I am Brent from the Brent on Tour podcast. Good times. Red dudes. See everybody. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. 
Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.